Sick by Shiana. Medical disclaimer. The advice that I'm sharing is based on my years of experience as a licensed massage therapist. The advice and information given are intended for educational and informational purposes only. While the advice and information provided may be useful to those with and without specific health conditions, the information provided is not intended to be a substitute for medical treatment. Please consult your medical care provider before acting on any information presented here. Thank you. Hi, welcome to Who You Call in Holistic. I'm your host, Shiana. Uh, that's she on a bike, she on a podcast, she on a roll. I'm, I'm feeling quite unstoppable at the moment, so I am on a roll. I hope you are alongside me with that, with the energy for the rest of 2020. If you haven't tapped in to your gifts, to your passions, to what the fuck you want to do, there is no better time than the present. Um, it is almost November. So, I mean, not that I see this pandemic life easing up any in 2021. Um, so in saying that, now's a great time to get started on those passion projects. And when I say get started on those passion projects, I really do mean get started. I think, you know, we over fantasize when it comes to thinking of our dreams. And when you hear, you know, just get started, you see the end product in your head, but you forget the the little steps along the way. So, you know, for me, like when I started this podcast, the little steps were buying my microphone, you know, uh, paying for a class that teaches me podcast things. Shout out to Carla for that, by the way. And she even reached out to me recently for some advice. So, you know, pay attention to those people that are putting your life, especially when you are working on those passion projects. Those ones right there, in my belief, like those are part of your tribe. You know, I talk about like my soul tribe. My soul tribe are really those that are like supporting me and, you know, commending me for my efforts and really like they're just there for me. So whether that's like, hey, get your shit together (laughs) or hey, you're really doing a great job and I'm inspired and keep doing it because... You know, you need you need both of them. You need the the shit talkers and you need the huggers. I wasn't a hugger growing up, wasn't a big thing. So like into adulthood, that's still, well, not still, because, you know, I'm a massage therapist now. So hugs are a little more acceptable in this stage of my life than they were uh, growing up. And like when I started college, it was a thing. I'd like, I almost made a face like, eh, why does everybody want to hug? Especially because I live in the South everybody wanted to hug. And I was like, why is this a thing all the time? I have a very British mother and she had very Irish parents. So I don't know if you know anything about that background, but um, Irish people, mm, eh, that generation anyway, I don't know about currently, I can't speak on currently, but that generation, very superstitious, not very lovey-dovey. You know, they were hard workers and that was it. Like you were going to get what you got. And that was usually like a, hey, maybe do better. (laughs) So thank God, like I don't have to be that person now. Um, And nobody else does either. So just because you had the parents that you have, or the lifestyle that you had growing up doesn't mean you have to do the same now. You are open to change that, you know, whether that's election season stuff going on right now, or just generally speaking, friendships, relationships, all of that. 
you definitely have the right to change how you respond, how you react, and how you treat other people now. So it's time to grow up. I mean, I say that loosely. When I say grow up, I mean, like, as far as, like, relationships and how you address things in relationships. But, you know, as far as, like, the other stuff, mm mm-mm. You still need to be a kid. You still need to go play. Still need to blow some bubbles sometimes because we need those moments of that childhood magic to, you know, actually appreciate what we have in that moment instead of all the bullshit that is sometimes outside of that moment. So appreciate those moments. Fake grow up. That's what we can say. Just fake grow up. I'm not asking you to see everything in rose colored glasses, which. Our guest today is going to be discussing those. Um, And you know, like rose-colored glasses. I love rose-colored glasses, personally. I have a pair. Love them. I feel very 70s, hippy-dippy. And um, I appreciate them. But with rose-colored glasses, you miss miss a lot of shit. (laughs) Figuratively speaking, at this point. The figurative rose-colored glasses, not the ones that I thoroughly enjoy that I wear from time to time. Figuratively speaking, rose-colored glasses. Those ones. You know, it's funny. When you look at someone through rose-colored glasses, all the red flags just look like flags. That sounds like some shit Shiana says. You miss a lot of shit outside of the actual facts that are in front of you. So I have no problem with wearing rose-colored glasses. And if that's the life you want to live, wear those rose-colored glasses. However, take them off. Take them off often. (laughs) You can't live in rose-colored glasses. You can't live in glasses, period. Well, you know, some of you that are uh, vision-impaired, you kind of live in glasses. But you know what I'm saying. You just don't, don't live in this idea that you have to... Um, you don't have to see the good in everybody. You can just see everybody for what they are. And that's it. Like, just see people as they are, with or without a tent. See events, see moments, see all of that, just as it is in that moment. That's it. That's my advice for the day. Um, I hope you enjoy today's guest, Rafael Torres of Recap Wellness. And if you have any questions regarding today's guest or if you have any questions regarding Reiki or about the podcast, email me at who you call holistic at gmail.com. Let's get into it. Welcome to Who You Call in Holistic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm here with Rafael Torres from Recap Wellness. Mm-hmm. And you are located in New York? Correct, in the city. Okay. And you do some work that I've never heard of. And again, I'm in South Carolina, so we're a little slower down here. Um, uh, okay, it's fine. <laughs> but I do my work, and I, I have heard of all kinds of things, except what you do, chromotherapy, or auricular therapy. Correct. And posturology. Correct. Okay. Tell me a little bit about this chromotherapy that you do. What on earth is that? 
So chromotherapy basically means light therapy, and a lot of people may know light therapy as photobiomodulation. I'm sorry, what? Uh, photobiomodulation. Okay. okay. That's basically the universal term for light therapy, okay? Uh, another term would be chromotherapy, which is more kind of like color light therapy. Okay. Um, so that, that's, you know, I, I work with colors, I work with lights, uh, and I use that to diminish the symptoms of anxiety, uh, anxieties that are caused by past emotional traumas or internal conflicts. I also use it to reduce chronic pain or eliminate the symptoms of chronic pain. Um, so usually when somebody comes to see me, the first question, well, let me backtrack a little bit. People come to see me either because they're experiencing a lot of anxiety type symptoms. And what I mean by anxiety type symptoms, they can be, you know, you know, things that trigger them that they're getting like heart palpitations or they're getting, you know, they feel like somebody's like choking them or like butterflies in their stomach or, you know, something's going on with their life that, that, you know, either they're angry or sad or, or whatever things that trigger them. And a lot of times this can stem back to like an emotional trauma or an internal conflict. So an emotional trauma would be, let's say, you know, you and I are sitting on the porch and we look out the, you know, we're sitting there and we look out and we see a car accident and I see it and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I can't believe this this happened. It was a red car. I, I can't even look at cars anymore. I don't even want to get in a car. And then meanwhile, you see it and you're like, oh, wow, Ugh, that sucks. You know, oh, well, and you move on. Okay. That sounds very and, much like me, by the way. I know you don't know me, but that's, that sounds very much like me. So your, your brain processes it. Okay. And maybe my brain kind of gets stuck and that kind of fight or flight, that kind of shock. Mm -hmm. And when the brain gets stuck in that type, like that type of fight or flight mode, that's when you can have like all of a sudden you're walking down the street and you see a car and you're like, oh my God, like you get these heart palpitations or you get these flashbacks. Mm -hmm. Like triggers. Exactly. Or or a flashback of like, you know, that car accident. Or every time, let's say it it was a red car, you know, you're flipping through a magazine and you see that color red and all of a sudden you're like, God, I feel anxious and you don't really understand why. Okay. So I use color therapy, uh, AKA chromotherapy to process these uh, traumas. Um, I also use it to process internal conflicts. Now, what is an internal conflict? An internal conflict would be kind of, let's say you're to say to me, um, I'm thinking of uh, breaking up with my boyfriend, which I've seen many cases like this, you know, and you're not sure if uh, you're getting a lot of anxiety about it. You're kind of battling back and forth. Now, it wasn't a traumatic relationship. Nothing is wrong, but you're just not feeling it anymore. But you're battling back and forth with this decision whether or not you should do this. So, I, again, I use color therapy or chromotherapy to process these emotions so that it's not going to get rid of the problem for you, but what it will do, it's going to put you in a state that you can make a rational decision opposed to an emotional decision so that you can then see clearly and be like, okay, you can then weigh the pros and cons 
of that relationship and then make your decision whether, okay, you know what, I really think I should leave this relationship or you know what, I think I can work on this relationship. It puts you in that state so that you don't make an emotional decision uh, and you're able to make a rational decision instead. So when you say that you work with these colors, um, what exactly are you doing with these colors? Are you, do you have so like I, a special flashlight or? Yeah. So I do use these modified uh, micro lights. Um, and what I do is I, I combine that with auricular therapy. So let me touch a little bit upon auricular therapy first. So auricular therapy is pretty much kind of like ear acupuncture. Okay. Um, but it's based on neurology. It's, it's a French technique. It was discovered, if I'm not mistaken, please don't quote me. I believe in the, in, in the 50s, that's when it first started kind of getting discovered by a doctor named uh, Paul Noget. And the story behind how he came about it was that there was some kind of healer that was healing people of sciatic pain. And people started going, uh, showing up to his office with these uh, little like um, burns on their ear, like a little tiny burn on their ear. And he would ask them, you know, what is that? Oh, I had sciatic pain. And they, they put a little bit of, you know, they, they burned this part of my ear a little bit and the, the sciatic pain went away. And he started seeing a lot of people coming in with that. And that started made, making him think like, what, what's the deal with this? So he started exploring uh, the relationship between the ear and the rest of the body and the brain. So that's how auricular therapy came about. And I believe it, again, don't quote me on these exact dates, but I believe it was either 1963 or 1967 when um, auricular therapy was, um, was kind of introduced into Chinese acupuncture. Mm. Prior to that, if you look at acupuncture, um, acupuncture maps prior to, I believe, again, I believe it's like once 1963 or something, you're not going to see any acupuncture points on, on the ear. Okay. You'll see them around the ear, right. but not necessarily on the ear. After Paul Noget uh, shared his knowledge that's when Chinese acupuncture started exploring ear acupuncture as well. But the original founder of ear acupuncture is Paul Noget. Uh, and he's, uh, I believe, again, I'm not quite 100% positive. I believe he was a, uh, I know he was a physician, but I, I think he was a, I think he was a neurologist, but I'm not quite sure. So please don't quote me on that. Well, that would make sense too, though. But, but that's, that's, that's how the birth of auricular therapy came about. So auricular therapy is very different than Chinese acupuncture in a sense that Chinese acupuncture will be looking at more of the flow of energy, the flow of, you know, quote unquote chi, which I think is fantastic. Um, now, what auricular th European acu ear acupuncture, or, or let's call it uh, auricular therapy, that's going to be looking at more at neurology. Okay. It's going to be looking at, um, at the ear in a sense of like, if I stimulate this point of your ear, we know that we're going to get a reaction on this part of your body. Okay. And usually, especially when it comes down to like acute pain, um, we know that if we stimulate a specific point of that ear, let's say you have shoulder pain. We know that if I stimulate that specific point of your ear, all of a sudden that shoulder pain will go away. 
And the really cool thing about that is that there's been MRIs uh, done showing that if there's a stimulation, let's say again, to the shoulder, and then you stimulate that point of the ear, there's going to be an excitement in the brain. Mm -hmm. So this has been proven already that uh, there is a map to the body on the, on the skin of the ear, and it's actually an inverted embryo. And uh, that's how, you know, that's how we use it. That's how we, that's how the map of the body is on, on your ear. So the ear lobe would be kind of like the head. Uh, and then it kind of goes up and around. Um, yeah, you have that picture on your Instagram of the correct. ear. Yeah. Correct. So yeah. that's, that's how that works. Um, so I, what we do is we use that type of, um, when, when we're performing chromotherapy, we use that information and then we use it towards kind of stimulating specific parts of the brain in order to process these traumas. Um, so that's how we're using auricular therapy. So I'm using the colors on specific points of the skin of the ear to process these traumas. So what it typically happens in the chromotherapy session is that their person comes in and you know, either they can say to me, hey, I, um, I experienced X, Y, and Z, um, which I have to tell you, I've seen things that you and I would be, be like, oh my God, I can't believe you lived that. You know, I've seen really, really traumatic traumas. And I've also seen things that maybe to me was like, hey, that's not traumatic. But of course, everybody handles trauma differently. So just because it's not traumatic to me or you doesn't mean that it's not going to be traumatic for everybody else. So we have to kind of respect that. Now, the beautiful thing about what I do is that I don't need to know what the trauma is. There's no need for you to express to me, hey, X, Y, and C happened to me, or I saw this, or I saw that, or this happened to my loved one. I don't need to know that. Um, so once I express that to my clients, a lot of times, yeah, if they choose to share what trauma or what experience is it that, that, that's haunting them, great. If they don't want to share, perfectly fine. If anything, I usually tell them that I don't need to know. Okay. You just want to know the emotion that they're feeling to work through. Exactly. So I ask them from, you know, from one to 10, how much does it bother you when you not just think of it, but if you put yourself back in that situation, uh, I'll ask them, you know, where do you feel it in your body? They'll say to me, I feel it in my chest, my stomach, my throat, wherever it may be. And and interesting enough, um, if, if somebody has experienced some type of sexual abuse, Sometimes they may even feel it in the genitals. Right. Um, so once we kind of establish that, I also ask them, you know, what does it make you feel? Does it make you feel angry, sad, whatever it may be, scared, whatever it may be. Once we establish all that information, then I go ahead and I ask them to just focus on that, um, that trauma. And the way that traumas works, it's not like a movie. It's not like you're sitting there and you remember the whole movie. Uh, it's not like you're seeing it like a movie. You're usually what happens is that you see snippets. You see, you see them like pictures. Something gets stuck. So I ask them to think of, you know, the worst part of that trauma and to mm-hmm. think of it. And while they're thinking about it, 
we stimulate these specific points of the skin of the ear with these colors. And what normally happens anywhere between one to four minutes, some, sometimes a little bit more, but usually more, I would say an average three minutes. Um, what usually happens is that that image starts to kind of fade and it starts fading and fading and fading. And then before you know it, it becomes very difficult to even focus on. And then even if you can focus on it, maybe you get a quick little snippet of it, like maybe a quick little snapshot of it, but it quickly goes away. And it's not as triggering anymore. Exactly. So then we go back and usually, you know, again, this is how I handle my sessions. We sit down, we chat a little bit, I get them a glass of water. And then when they're ready, we reevaluate. And the most common reaction is, I can't think of it. Or I just like, I know that it happened, but I just can't pull it up anymore. Um, On your page where people were, I guess you were getting the feedback from them and they said that they couldn't pull up the image. And I was like, what image are they talking about? But this makes sense now. Yeah. They just, yeah, they just can't pull it up anymore. It's not that they forgot that it happened. What it is, is that we processed it and they acknowledge that it happened, but they no longer have those visceral sensations. Like again, those heart palpitations, the ickiness in the stomach, all of that can disappear with that as well. Um, so that's in a nutshell is how we, how we would do like a, a, an emotional trauma. But if somebody, let's say somebody was to say to me, hey, I've have, I have no traumas, but I have this internal conflict. I am battling back and forth whether I should leave my job. Um, and it's, my job's not traumatic. I love my job, but there's this decision that's just killing me. Like I can't sleep or whatever it may be. For that, we're using the eyes. So we're using different colored lenses in a systematic way to process this internal conflict. So what you'll find is that um, there's different pathways. There's different um, pathways uh, that light enters your eyes. So let's say, you know, right now we're doing this over Zoom and we're looking at each other and that's because light is reflecting and it's going through our retina and it's going all the way back to the visual cortex, okay? Great. But there's other pathways as well. So there's other non-visual optic pathways, okay? Basically what that means is that there's other pathways that that light is entering your eyes and it's going to other parts of your brain. And we're using that, uh, we're using that science in order, (laughs) it's perfectly fine, my dog's here too. We're using that science in order to process these uh, uh, internal conflicts because one of the structures that there's a, um, there's a pathway to is the limbic system, and particularly the amygdala. And the amygdala is usually where all this like emotions and you know, these memories of these emotions, this fight or flight can, can get stored. So we're using these colors to, to kind of influence the amygdala. So for example, have you ever, let's say you're looking through a magazine and you see, you know, this, this red dress. Okay. Let's say you see this red dress and then all of a sudden you get a flashback to 
oh, you know, I remember my first car. It was red. It was like such a great car, whatever. My car was red, by the way. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there you go. So it's because that information is stimulating the amygdala or, diff- or in other cases, the hippocampus, it could stimulate as well, the hypothalamus. It's stimulating these other parts of the brain that all of a sudden you're like, oh, I remember like my, my red car, which let's say was, you know, five years ago, you know, and you hadn't thought about it since until you saw that red color. Dress. Right. Make sense. So that's how we're using colored lenses uh, to process emotional uh, conflicts. Okay. So I have, um, I have these sunglasses. I don't even know that they're very effective, but I'm just obsessed with they're fun. They're rose colored lenses. And I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you've heard the phrase like people seeing through rose colored lenses or rose colored glasses and how that's not like a real life to live. Uh-huh. But um, so what are your thoughts on my, should I just keep wearing my rose colored glasses? What I think they're fantastic. I mean, listen, if you're finding them to be beneficial for you, if you're finding them that they make you happy, absolutely. But now you know why they make you happy, you know, because they are stimulating different parts of your brain. And, you know, but keep that in mind that let's say for you, rose colored glasses are the best, you know, but somebody else, they could try rose colored glasses and actually make things worse. And that could be, let's say they, um, they were assaulted by somebody wearing like a rose colored shirt, you know? So, you know, there are, you know, quote unquote, calming colors, Mm -hmm. you know, but you have to take that loosely because just because it's calming for you doesn't mean that it's going to be calming for everybody. Right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's great that you have them. Oh, and on, on another thing touching upon the rose colored glasses is I also use auricular therapy for, um, for weight loss. So I have a program that I, I, I introduce, um, uh, auricular therapy, I'll stimulate specific points of the skin of the ear to suppress somebody's appetite. And then on top of that, we work on the emotional aspect to why they may be feeling that they need to binge eat, you know, gotcha. or if they're emotionally stressed, why are you emotional? Oh, I'm emotionally stressed because of this. Okay. Let's process these, these emotions and let's stimulate these, uh, points that can, kind of subside uh, your appetite a little bit, okay? Interesting. Uh, so we're using that, but in combination, sometimes, sometimes I may even recommend rose-colored glasses because rose-colored glasses has shown to somehow suppress somebody's appet- people's appetites as well. Well then, um, let so, me keep wearing my rose-colored lenses. Yeah, <laughs> so that's a little, little side little tip. You know, rose-colored glasses can sometimes calm your appetite a little bit. Okay. I'm just going to be sitting in my living room with rose colored lenses on just, just in just case I feel like yeah, just those cookies. Oh, <laughs> just in case. Um, so I know that you said that a lot of this helps anxiety, which is huge in 2020 mm-hmm. in general, um, oh, a lot great. Of triggering anxiety. Because, you know, I've, I've also, I use these techniques. I also use other techniques when doing virtual sessions. 
So I can use colors during virtual sessions, sometimes by you know, having the, the client use a tablet or their cell phone um, in a somewhat dark room. Or I could also have them do different type of brain integration techniques, uh, which would involve letting light into one eye and then covering the other eye. And there's certain techniques that we can do to help uh, process these um, emotions. Uh, and these are the techniques that I use for my virtual sessions. So would you say that you were an anxious person before this? Like what got you into this kind of work? That's a, you know, that's a great question. So originally I got into this line of work. I was really into health and wellness, you know, since I was a kid, I started off as a personal trainer. Uh, I loved the body. I loved the st- studying biomechanics. I love studying, you know, anatomy. And I hurt my knee, um, got a while back ago. And I was going to traditional therapy and it wasn't getting better. Just like physical therapy? Correct. I was going to physical therapy, wasn't getting better. It was just the same thing. A little massage, a little electric stim, a little, you know, ice and heat and just wasn't getting better. So a buddy of mine was learning this manual muscle, muscle testing technique. And he asked me, hey, I need a body to practice on. I was just like, well practice on me. I was like, it can't get any worse. So I kid you not, after he worked on me, he gave me a few little isometric exercises. I'm sorry? Did he do the arm thing with the muscle testing? Correct. Uh I just went over muscle testing. Correct. So he was doing all these muscle testing on me. And after that, about two and a half weeks later, I started playing soccer again. And I was completely blown away. And that made me go out and start studying all these different type of manual muscle testing techniques out there, all these modalities um, from a mechanical Western type of view to an Eastern type of view to looking at the meridians, the meridian system, to looking at the chakra system, mm-hmm. to looking at auras, to looking at all these different types of systems out there. Um, and I don't believe in one is better than the other. I believe they're that all maps. They all work great. You know, you have to respect both of them. Uh, and that's what kind of led me towards uh, posturology and auricular therapy. So I came across posturology with auricular therapy through a medical doctor out in France who was practicing this. And I contacted him. I was just like, hey, what's the deal with this thing? And he started explaining this stuff to me. And I was just like, it just went over my head. I was just like, uh, okay, whatever. So he started sharing some of his knowledge with me. And I started kind of playing around with it. And then I invited him to New York. And he came to New York. And he taught, uh, he taught me the techniques. And I started studying with him. And then I started seeing some really amazing results, like especially for chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, started seeing some really life-changing results with that. And I was, I was kind of blown away. And that's what took me to studying more in Europe. And I went out to uh, Denmark and I studied All under... All places. Yeah. You know what? Believe it or not, some of the best auricular therapists are in Denmark and in Norway. Um, 
So yeah, some of the best guys that I know are out there okay. and they're very friendly people. You know, some of these, I had never met them before, but we had been chatting on social media and they knew that I was the only one out in the United States really kind of, you know, digesting this type of information mm-hmm. and putting it into practice that they were so kind with me that they befriend, you know, we befriended each other and they were very helpful with me that it got to the point that I was just like, hey, I'm going to take a trip out to Denmark and I'm going to go work with uh, some of the practitioners there. So I ended up going out there and I worked with these two amazing women uh, who have these um, amazing clinics out in Copenhagen. And I worked with them. And honestly, I learned so much by working with them. And that's where I came across chromotherapy. And they were using it to, um, uh, for, for emotional traumas. And I remember specifically the one instance that it really blew me away was that there was a young woman that came into, uh, came into the clinic and she was, she was a total wreck. She was, she told the, the practitioner, the, the, the auricular therapist practitioner that her father was psychotic And since he was, you know, since she was a child and she would have to visit him in a padded room and she would only be allowed to see him once a week. Sounds a little traumatic. Yeah, exactly. And um, so the practitioner had her go through that whole process that we spoke about. And within minutes, I saw the woman just completely relax and just completely just like, calm down, no just completely zen out and, and kind of processed it. And at the end, she was just like, ah, it's in the past. It's okay. Like, it's okay. And I remember walking her out because again, I was just there interning and I would walk out the, the clients slash patients. I would walk them out and just chat with them a little bit about their experience. And we sat down and I asked her, I was like, come on, tell me the truth. Like, what, what's going on here? Like, and this is while you're studying it, but you're still yeah. like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, come on, tell me the truth. So she's just like, no, I feel great. Like I feel completely calm about it. Like it's, it's in the past. Like, like I don't, it doesn't bother me. So then I, uh, I knew there was something there. So then I went out and I started studying it some more. I started studying it with one of the founders that, that developed the technique. And I started just, continuing to study. And now um, we actually teach courses here in uh, the United States. So I run courses here. I teach other practitioners how to do these techniques. Uh, We're actually going to be running our first virtual uh, course in uh, October 24th and 25th. Okay. Um, We'll be teaching practitioners how to do these techniques uh, with their Mm -hmm. clients. Uh, and one of the techniques you'll be able to learn how to do it uh, virtually as well. Okay. Your story about not believing that client reminds me, like that's how I very much was when I first learned Reiki. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, I can't do this distance. That's like, and this if can't I tell my clients real. I can do distance, they're not going to believe me. This can't be real. No. You, you know, it's interesting that you said that because I've had Reiki done I think maybe two or three times, but one time, I mean, I was completely blown away because the, I, I totally felt the change. I totally, I mean, I was the person. 
with the yeah, it was in it was in, it was with the person. I felt the change. I felt the mood change. I felt it was really weird because you know I always approach all of these type of techniques as a skeptic. Same. Until, you know, I'm trying until, to de de like yeah. I'm trying to pull it all out and figure out where, where's the lie. Where is the lie? Like I'm trying to figure it out and. You know, unfortunately, it was only it was my first experience that I had with it, and I was blown away by it. But I tried it, I think, one or two more times, and did it with a different practitioner. So I think it's really important the practitioner that you choose to work with. Um, but the other two times, you know, wasn't the same. But and you know, I know that there's something to it, especially after studying like chakras and mm-hmm. meridians. I know that there's something to this. Uh, don't ex- don't ask me to explain the science of why Reiki works because mm-hmm. I have no clue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can tell you that that experience really opened up my eyes to energy medicine. And that was prior to even getting started to explore Eastern medicine. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't even thought about exploring Eastern medicine when I went to that first Reiki uh, session. So it was a big eye opener to me because I went in there I was like, what is this mumble jumbo, you know, waving your hands over me? Uh, like so did she get- have or he have his hands placed on you or just over you? He had his hands over me. Okay. So then you were really like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really weird. It was really, and I felt the change and I felt my mood change and it changed for a good, maybe week, mm. you know, did you cry? Yeah. I didn't cry, but you know what I did notice was that later on that day, I had a um, I had a, a, a phone call that would normally kind of upset me. And again, this is before I did any of this chromotherapy. This is before I got involved with any of this stuff. Uh, I got a phone call that would normally upset me, and I, you know, let's say I, I, I did the, the Reiki session, let's say at 11 in the morning. I got that call like around seven, eight o'clock at night. And I was completely calm about it. And it wasn't until I hung up the phone that I was just like, whoa, what's, what's up with me? Like, why am I not like triggered? Why am right. I not, you know? And, uh, okay. And then that whole week, I just felt very kind of calm and zen, and uh, it was great. Unfortunately, I couldn't get another session with that therapist. I lost touch with him, uh, but I tried other ones, and it just wasn't the same. So that's oh, why. Really, a session. Yeah, I, oh, I think that's. Session. I think that's why it's really important that when you go to see any type of healthcare practitioner, um, you all. T- I believe that. 99% of the techniques out there work. I just think it just depends on who is performing it. Mm-hmm. Now, there are other, there are some techniques that are very scientifically sound that, you know, anybody can do, which is great, which is kind of like chromotherapy. It's very scientifically found. Auricular therapy is very scientifically found. But when you're looking to work with somebody that does, let's say, meridian work or chakra work or, or, or aura work and stuff like that, I think that's when it really depends on the practitioner that you work I agree. with. I definitely agree. I luckily can say that I've had good experiences with all of those. <laughs> like the, I have an acupuncturist friend, so mm-hmm. that, that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've met somebody that does 
aura work. Like she'll study your aura and give you a whole mm-hmm. um, consultation on what's happening with your life right then from studying your aura. Yes. But yeah, the practitioner for sure makes a difference for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. My, as, as we discussed, clearly my medicine is energy medicine. Mm-hmm. So what would you say your medicine is? I would say I try to look at the body um, in both a Eastern uh, way and a Western way. And my goal is to allow your body will heal itself. My goal is to get your body to heal a little bit better. So, or heal optimally to put it in a position that it could heal itself. You know, let's go with that. Okay. Self-healing medicine. Correct. I like it. I like it. To put it in a position because it's not that I'm doing anything like, yes, there's, 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 there, I know that I, if I stimulate this, I get this reaction and, and I know if we process this, you know, you're going to feel better. But at the end of the day, what is doing all of this processing what is doing all of these signals that are being sent to the brain, to the muscles, to the body, all this stuff, it's your body. Mm -hmm. I'm just doing a little bit of a stimulation and your body's the one that's doing the work. Mm -hmm. And your brain is the one that's doing the work. Thank you. Um, If my listeners would like to find you, or maybe somebody's interested in taking this class or somebody in New York wants to come and see you. How can they find you? I know you're on social media, obviously. That's how I found you. But where can they find you? So they can find me at uh, recapwellness.com. And that's R-E-C-A-P, wellness. Um, You can find me there. You can find me on my social media, on my Instagram. That's where I actually have most of my information. You'll find a good amount of videos on there too. You have the ear tugging things for anxiety and some info on headaches. Correct. I have a, yeah, I have a lot of information on that. A lot of information of how you can do drills at home for, uh, you know, motion sickness drills at home that you can do that could potentially help you with, uh, some neck pain or back pain or knee pain. Which a lot of people need since they're all working from home, this neck pain Correct. and texting Correct. text neck. Exactly. So, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of information on my Instagram. Uh, and that Instagram handle is recap underscore wellness. Um, but, you know, I know we're on the topic of pain. When, and, and this, is, this, this is what really I find very interesting, is that, again, I, I started off on this path to kind of find different ways to help people with uh, chronic pain symptoms and tightness. And that's, you know, when I started implementing the chromotherapy into those sessions that now that when people come to me and be like, Hey, I have this really tight back or I'm really unflexible or my neck is always stiff or my shoulders stiff or whatever it may be. The first question that I ask them is, Hey, when you first started noticing these type of restrictions or this discomfort or whatever it may be about a year or so prior to that, maybe less, maybe a little bit more, was there an emotional trauma or internal conflict? Did you lose your job? Did you get divorced? Whatever it may be. And what I found was about 70% of chronic pain tightness, okay, 
was linked back to an emotional trauma. So when we process these emotional traumas, all of a sudden, either the pain completely goes away or significantly decreases. Now, there is some scientific reasoning of why this happens, which I don't know if I want to bore your listeners with that, but there is reasoning uh, behind why that happens. And you'll also see an improvement in postural alignments uh, for that 70% of people that, um, that the trauma is what was causing like those asymmetries or that discomfort. So, and for the other 30%, that's when we look at to see how their eyes are moving because the eyes are going to tell your head or actually tell your brain where your head is in space. The vestibular system, meaning the inner ear, also tells your brain as far as where you are in space and also tells you as far as like what tone is, how tone is being regulated through your body. And then your feet tell your body where you are in space as well, as as well as like the type of amount of uh, weight distribution that you have going on with your feet. So on my Instagram, we talk a little bit about that. I give specific little drills that I sometimes do in my virtual sessions when somebody contacts me for, for pain or tightness. Sometimes I'll recommend some of these drills or uh, just really depends on the person. We'll, we'll cater that to them. And sometimes I'll also show them specific points of the ear for them to stimulate. Um, so we'll do a combination of that. Okay. It's very, very interesting work. Very. Thank you for sharing. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Who You Call on Holistic. Remember to like, subscribe, and share, and vote. Remember to do that too. I'll catch you guys next week, and remember to meditate and hydrate. Bye!